0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to score. Touchdown. Oh, Close has got him in the- What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name, of course, is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers. For all of you fine folks, on the other end of the speaker, and I am coming at you live from the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Got a nice little room overlooking the Bellagio Water Fountains. I guess you'd call them water fountains? Water show? Water extravaganza? Just a subtle flex for y'all. But, there was no way I was going to let being in this hotel room in one of the craziest cities in the country keep me from recording this podcast, especially after watching that game. It'll be quick, it'll be short, it'll be sweet, but it, it had to happen. It had to happen. The 49ers gave it to the Rams 31-14 to in a game that was just, it's hard to describe. It was unique. It was unique. It was exhilarating. It was exciting. The way the 49ers won that game was exciting. That's probably, that's probably the best way I can describe it. And I will probably preface this a little bit by saying I don't necessarily think this is a game that we should get too overly, overly excited about. You know, I, I, it is the Rams. We do know that the 49ers have done very well against the Rams in the past, except for that one game. But for a 49ers going into a bye week, coming off a pretty embarrassing loss to the Chiefs, This was exactly what they had to do. It was a bounce back game going into a bye, you know, and and, and that type of thing, not falling to three and five, coming up to four and four. Very, very, two very, very different outcomes, especially in a divisional game. The Seattle Seahawks just beat the Giants. I believe, I don't have it in front of me, I could pull it up. I believe the Cardinals lost, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I'm going to make sure I get that right for you. Yeah, Cardinals lost to the Vikings 34-26, and they're one of the 49ers matchups coming up after the bye. So um, the NFC West is still very much in flux, but still, that just uh, it just shows you how, many, how important this win was on so many different levels. One, the 49ers needed to figure things out as far as how they lost to the Chiefs, and there's some interesting characteristics of this game that bode well for the 49ers. Obviously, they need to keep, continue to give it to the Rams, and they've got to continue to stay ahead in the, vision, the division. I believe the 49ers have the best divisional record right now. But obviously, you know the very first aspect of rankings within the division is overall win to loss, and they're behind the Seahawks right now. But a lot can change over time. So let's get into it. Um, the 49ers invaded SoFi Stadium again. NBC Sports' Matt Miyoko uh, shot out a tweet, I believe, in the first half. Um, I think two-thirds of the tickets available for the game were sold to 49ers fans. Over 40,000 49ers fans bought tickets to a some in the area of a 70,000-seat stadium at SoFi. So everything we've come to expect about how the 49ers occupy SoFi Stadium was the case today. Matt Maocos also said after the game at the stadium in the hallway said, when the Rams scored, there was a dull roar in the stadium, but when the 49ers scored, the stadium shook, which is a pretty astonishing quote given where they are. It's a home game for the Rams in a in a multibillion dollar stadium that they just built, and they just they they can't even maintain a 50-50 representation when it, when the 49ers come to town. And that will never not impress me. You know, essentially, the 49ers are California's football team, and uh, it's just always impressive to see how well they travel. You could hear it during the game. You could tell that it was more of the same. There were plenty of fans tweeting out photos before the game of just how lopsided the attendance was, and it it, it never really gets old. It never really gets old. Um, The game started out... Not really looking like it was going the 49ers way. The 49ers, I mean, they they forced a really quick three and out. Um, Then they kind of punted. Then the Rams scored. Then the 49ers scored. Uh, The 49ers went into halftime down 10 to 14. And the way the Rams had moved the ball throughout the first half, they had an 85-yard drive for a touchdown. They had a 75-yard drive for a touchdown. It just seemed like things weren't quite going the 49ers way. Um, I put out a, 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 a joking tweet and you know, talking about how the Rams' offense was screen, 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 deep pass to Cooper Cup, screen, 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 deep pass to Cooper Cup. It was, it was literally their entire offense, and it was working. I wasn't hating at all. It just was, it was clear that the Rams were intent on taking advantage of the 49ers' aggressiveness in a similar fashion to how the Chiefs did, not exactly the same, but in the second half, which we've become very used to the, the you know Kyle Shanahan's 49ers not being a second half team and we can go to that graphic that got a lot of um, i guess you could say popularity a lot of burn throughout the week after the chiefs game the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan since 2017 if they're down at halftime they're 7 and 30 if they're down after the third quarter they're 4 and 31 if they're down 3 plus points after the third quarter they're 1-30. And the 49ers were down four points, 14 to 10, going into the half. And we what the team that came out for the second half was not the team we are used to seeing for the 49ers. It just was full throttle. Almost the entire second half. They came out, they had a punt, four plays, 22 yards. Um, I believe there was a sack in there. There was what should have been picked off by Jalen Ramsey throw from Jimmy Garoppolo. But then after that, the 49ers went touchdown, 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 punt. The Rams did not manage a single point in the second half. Punt, 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 punt. Shout out to the 49ers defense. Because they looked like they were a little on their back foot after that first half. They finished strong. They finished as strong As they could. Very, very impressive second half for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan saying, I took that graphic personally. And it it honestly seemed like he did. And maybe he didn't even see it. The odds are good he didn't even see it. Or maybe the odds are good he did see it. But the 49ers just came out with their foot all the way. They're pushing the pedal through the metal. Putting a, a dent in the floorboard on that second half. And it was just good to see. And I believe all of that momentum in this game starts with one Christian McCaffrey, because my goodness, have we not seen a game like that from a 49ers player in maybe ever? I don't know. It, it could have been, he could be in a league of his own now after this game in terms of the 49ers history books. Christian, let's let's roll through this because it's just so damn fun to say. Christian McCaffrey had 18 carries for 94 yards and a score, averaged 5.2 yards per carry. I'm going to repeat this because I want to say it a certain way. Y'all, y'all, y'all get me when I say it. Christian McCaffrey, 18 carries, 94 yards, touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, 8 catches, 55 yards, a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, one throw, one catch for 34 yards and a touchdown. It was an unbelievable game where he ran a touchdown, caught a touchdown, and threw a touchdown to one Brandon Ayuk which I'm not complaining. I have both Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk starting on my fantasy team, so it was a nice little double dip there in that moment. I'm actually in the matchup of – not the matchup of a lifetime. I mean, it's just in the season. But um, I have 166 points. She has 157 points, and uh, it's just a super high-scoring game. I've got T. Higgins left to play. She's got Romeo Dobbs. We'll see how that ends up. But anyways, I digress. Christian McCaffrey just absolutely set this game on fire in every way, shape, or form. You would think that anybody who had any reservations about the Christian McCaffrey trade and the picks they gave up, those were just more than erased. It it was just such a prominent performance. Now, you're hoping that this is a sign of things to come. You're hoping that this, and, and obviously without Debo Samuel, this is exactly the game that the 49ers needed from Christian McCaffrey. We talked about it um, earlier in the week when we said that the person that's going to bear the brunt of the Debo Samuel workload is Christian McCaffrey. And it was Christian McCaffrey. The man did it all. It was just so much fun to watch. And I'm in a full-point uh, full PPR league, meaning you get one point per catch. Christian McCaffrey scored 42.1 points. Just... An, an unreal performance that just epitomizes everything they were hoping to get out of McCaffrey. And if you're if you're if you're kind of frowning at it, like, well, this is kind of an anomaly performance, which it is. That doesn't happen all the time. Then take away the throwing touchdown. You still got a guy that that ran for just under a hundred yards in a score and caught 55 yards in a score. It that is the type of poor performance. That the Forty ers are hoping to maintain with Christian McCaffrey, and once you get Debo back, that number will, you know, inevitably drop a little bit, and and that's fine. They don't want Miss Christian McCaffrey to do that all the time. That would be unreasonable, and that's how you get a player hurt. But it was just, uh, it was something to watch. I'm sure you guys listening to this are just like, yeah, that was that was cool. That was cool, but you know, I mean. You know, I'll get into uh, – we'll talk about the rest of the offense here in a little bit because it wasn't just Christian McCaffrey clicking. It was everybody clicking. The other thing I've got to talk about is the defensive adjustments. I mean, the difference in the way the defense looked in the first half versus the second half was was night and day. It was unbelievable how and, – and I guess the way I'm saying this is, I mean, we haven't really seen the 49ers – it, or at least it's felt like the 49ers haven't made significant adjustments in the past. It felt like the 49ers would always kind of be on their back foot. Not quite really. It's almost like we could see the game differently than the 49ers and stuff. Not, and it's not like the fans will ever have, uh, uh, you know, or the media will ever have a more educated opinion than, than what's going on on the field. But at the same time, sometimes you wonder why adjustments are being made and going into the second half. I mean something had to change and it did change like we said with the drive chart. The Rams in the first half getting over to possessions here. Punt, touchdown, touchdown, end of half. So I mean that that's that's starting to seem a lot like the Chiefs game, you know, where they're just scoring at will and they were moving the ball just fine. But then that second half comes around and you're looking at a punt, 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 game's over. 49ers defense just absolutely stepped up. Eight, eight plays, thirty-two yards, drives over. Three plays, negative six yards, drives over. Six plays, eighteen yards, done. Three plays, zero yards, done. It was just if they flipped the switch, and you have to get credit to D'Amico Ryan's. You have to get credit for those guys in the trenches for making it happen. Fred Warner was all over the field. You know, Fred Warner's kind of it seems like he's been a little up and down. Wasn't great against the Chiefs. But against the Rams, he managed 12 total tackles, a sack, two quarterback hits, a tackle for loss, a pass breakup. He was all over the field. Nick Bosa got in the backfield again for another sack. He also had two quarterback hits and a tackle for loss. Um, The 49ers, I believe they sacked Matthew Stafford seven times uh, when they played them earlier this season. They only managed two this time, but they did a good job in that second half of getting pressure on the quarterback. And you can see in the way that the defensive line was aligning, that they were trying to give Stafford some different looks. I saw one alignment where they overloaded the right side. They were almost leaving um, the right tackle and a little bit of the right guard uncovered, and they had all their defensive line off to one side. And bam, you know, I believe that was a sack. So it was good to see some very clear and obvious adjustments made by the defense. It was good to see them shut down a prominent offense. Now, the Rams still had a decent amount of success. You know, again, Cooper Cup, eight catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Now, that wasn't quite as impressive of a performance as it was the first time, but this time he got in the end zone, whereas last time he didn't. Allen Robinson had a couple big plays, five catches for 54 yards. But that, I mean, that's that's nitpicking. I felt like the defense did exactly what they needed to do. Um, Especially when you're thinking about how they're down, you know, a starting cornerback. Jimmy Ward's playing with a broken hand. Dre Greenlaw was out this game, which they did pretty well against the run. The Rams only averaged 2.7 yards per carry, 21 carries for 56 yards. You compare that to the 49ers, who had 23 carries for 111 yards. You're starting to see the discrepancy on, on how the 49ers were able to just control the game. Um, and it, and it, to me, it was all in the second half. The 49ers had 21 unanswered points in the second half, and a lot of that falls on the defense and being able to shut down everything the Rams were trying to do.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
2: That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: The 49ers offense was just clicking as a whole. That's my third takeaway. Um, Let's check. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo played an absolutely excellent game, one of the best Jimmy Garoppolo's games we've seen in a while. He was 21 of 25. I believe the broadcast said that was one of the highest completion percentages since, like, Steve Young. That's 84% for 234 yards and two touchdowns and a 132.5 quarterback rating. And then you've got McCaffrey sitting here, who was 101. That's 100% for 34 yards and a touchdown and a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating, um, to bump up the 49ers quarterback average to 148.2. Brandon Ayuk, another big game for him, had six targets, six catches, 81 yards and a touchdown. Ross Dwelly only had one catch, but it was for 56 yards on a broken coverage coverage play that sent the 49ers down the field to really score the touchdown that put them away. Christian McCaffrey, eight catches for 55 yards and a score. Christian McCaffrey's touchdown is – Receiving touchdown was unbelievable. He rolled out into the flat, kind of just made it look like he was the checkdown option, and he probably was. I don't know if this was designed. And then once Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of under pressure and moving around the pocket, McCaffrey just took off down the sideline and worked his way into right in between a pair of Rams defenders. Jimmy Garoppolo put a perfect pass on him. Christian McCaffrey went up, high pointed the ball, um, tapped those toes down in the end zone, and caught it. Just a, I mean, it, w- it would be a play you'd be thrilled to see a receiver make. But that's a a, a quote-unquote running back out there. So um, just a super impressive play. George Kittle with the touchdown to put the game away. He had three catches for 39 yards and a score in the back of the end zone. Beautiful pass. Jimmy Garoppolo rolling to his left, scanning the field. Didn't really find anything immediately. George Kittle came open, bam, right in the back of the end zone. So as you can see, you know, Jeff Wilson got four carries for 14 yards. To me, this is the game. That makes it very, very clear that this is the Christian McCaffrey show. And I'm sure if Debo Samuel's healthy, uh, they'll probably sprinkle in some Debo Samuel carries next week. Uh, But I don't necessarily know if they want to put this much of a workload on Christian McCaffrey. You'd probably want three or four less carries um, and maybe a a couple less catches. Right now, Aaron Andrews is interviewing Christian McCaffrey on the TV, but I got the sound muted. Can't get distracted. So just a super well-rounded effort from the 49ers offense. You've got a touchdown for Brandon Ayuk, a touchdown from Christian McCaffrey, a touchdown from George Kittle, and then a rushing touchdown from Christian McCaffrey. It was uh it was everything you could you could ask that offense to do. And if this is the 49ers we have going forward, and again I gotta exercise a little bit of caution here. I mean it is the Rams. The 49ers have done well against the Rams. The Rams just straight up haven't been a great football team this year. But again When opportunities are there to succeed, you have to take them. You have to show that you're capable of producing when you should produce. That's to me, is what the 49ers don't do that often, is they're in positions to where they should be putting up points, where they should be having success, when they're going against a bad defense, and they don't capitalize. And in this instance, they capitalized in a big way. 31-14 doesn't necessarily seem like a blowout, but... Really, when you look at that second half, it, it sure felt like one with how aggressive the 49ers were. So it was nice. It was real nice. Like we said, that Kyle Shanahan graphic be damned, man. I mean, it, it really did look like he saw that graphic and was like, okay, uh, uh, let's do it then. And, um, uh, but again, I mean, it, it was a very well called game by Kyle Shanahan. At, at the same time, it just seemed like there was players who were out there making plays, forcing missed tackles, making incredible grabs. It was just a very um, – it was the epitome of what players like to call a team win. Everybody was in on it. Everybody was getting some. It was it was cool to see. Now let's pop over to – like I said, it's going to be a quicker pod. Let's pop over to my Twitter and get your takeaways. All right. Let's get your takeaways. Right after the Christian McCaffrey pass, touchdown pass, I tweeted – is there a quarterback controversy in San Francisco? And then somebody just went back to that and was like, this didn't age well. Jimmy Garoppolo's like, dude, it was, it's okay to not be serious on Twitter. All right, last time we did takeaways, we started from the bottom, went up. Let's start from the from the top and head to the bottom. Starting off with Alan Chi, as much as I want to call this a get right game, we said something similar after the first time they beat the Rams. Then they struggled badly against Atlanta and KC. So I think it's best to be consciously optimistic and wait for them to show consistency after the bye. I agree. And uh, while I'm kind of talking about this, I'm going to pull up the 49ers schedule because we and we've talked about it a couple times. And the games the 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 establish what time of team, what type of team you are, games that are coming up. But uh, I do agree with Allen in the fact that they should be cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm a little like I said against the Chiefs. The the Atlanta game was it was a bad loss and they, they played badly, and they deserved to lose that game, but they had a ton of defensive players out. And, and again, no one wants to hear excuses. They get old after a while. But that was one loss after it happened, and I was like, ah, I could see why that happened. And then the KC game happened, uh, especially that second half. But I've kind of thought about it over time. I don't think that KC loss was as bad as it seemed. They had a horrible fourth quarter, and it, it is what it is. That's football. You, you have to have – You have to play good all fourth quarters, all four quarters. 49ers know that more than anybody, especially against KC. But that was the first loss where I felt like they didn't have really that much of an excuse. It was just a bad loss. Um, So, this one, I think it's okay to be optimistic. And I do agree with the cautious optimism, especially considering how the 49ers have done against the Rams. But it was everything the game needed to be. The 49ers needed to look how they looked. Otherwise, you would start questioning. If going three and five into the bye was not an option, that's what bad football teams do. Um, and, and they avoided that, and they did what they had to do. So it's almost one of those instances where you say a good teams perform well against bad teams, and the 49ers did that. Not that um, Sean McVay thinks Cooper Cup injured his ankle uh, late in the, against the 49ers game. I saw that alert just pop him up, up on my phone. Hopefully that's not a significant injury. No one wants to, uh, no one wants to see that uh baron team dad this defense is dominant and still far from healthy the pass rush we can rotate Kinlaw and Armstead in with the way they are playing already I mean they played well against the Rams but in that first half they were still getting throttled pretty well so I'm a bit I'm a bit torn on what to think of the defense but they made those beautiful second half adjustments and made it happen I don't know when we're going to see Eric Armstead or Javon Kinlaw Javon Kinlaw you know once again after that offseason knee surgery kind of you could tell he hoped that this would be the off season that, or this would be the season where he just got to play. Well, the knee problems have continued. He's on the sideline. Eric Armstead dealing with uh, plantar fasciitis and really bad foot foot pain. We'll see if he can if he can find a way to get back on the field. Obviously, there are massive upgrades, but um, I just don't know how likely it is that they get back on. David, at least the fire Shanahan crowd can be quiet for a couple of weeks now. I agree. I always thought the Fire Shanahan crowd was obviously, I didn't agree with it, but I did start to feel like this, uh, they were starting to get ammunition, as you could say. They were starting to, you know, have, have solidified reasons as to why. I wish I were, I'm watching the uh, the Fox broadcast and all the boys are talking about the uh, the 49ers win over the Rams. Um I wish I were hearing this, but let's let's stay on focus. So, again, I, I always thought the Fire Shanahan crowd was a little early, but I was starting to at least, you know, you would hear the argument, I guess you could say, especially after that graphic about second half um, games came out about Kyle Shanahan. That's a tough one to overlook, but we're not there yet. Uh, Rehan Patel, great victory, but let's get healthy and not get carried away. We know what happened versus KC. That's the level the team needs to play at in the playoffs. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, it's a great win. It's a win that they had to get. It's, it's what the game should look like if the 49ers are a good team. But, I mean, how are the 49ers going to hold up against the Bills? How are the 49ers going to hold up against the Chiefs? How are the 49ers going to hold up against the Eagles? Um, we saw how they held up against the Chiefs in that game. Could it be different later in the season? It definitely could be. But a long, long way to go. Uh, So Graz, amazing how sometimes these games are determined by the utmost simplicity. Win that small space between the O-line and the D-line. I'd like to see the team make another move or two before the deadline. William Jackson from Washington at quarterback. Matt Leonidas from Carolina to give another D-line body. Yeah, we could see that. There were rumors that um, Jeff Wilson Jr. was up for trade or or the 49ers were willing to listen if, if a team wanted Jeff Wilson Jr., well, if the 49ers were trying to advertise Jeff Wilson Jr., they didn't do it today. Like we said, he only had like four carries. He only had four carries for 14 yards. It, it just uh, it may not be realistic, and I do think the 49ers would be kind of wild to trade away Jeff Wilson Jr., considering how razor thin their depth is at running back. We're not going to go down that road. I don't want to talk about injuries anymore. Uh is the Ray-Ray best return game as a Niner, 100 total yards on five attempts. Hey, I love that. I love that. Let's go see. Let's go see kick returns. Uh, Ray McLeod, three uh, punts for 34 yards at 11.3 average. Not bad at all. Uh, and then he had two kick returns for 66 yards. Average 33 yards. Uh, yeah, not a bad game for uh, for old Ray McLeod, but it still seems like they just need to take a knee in the end zone. But maybe I'm just being, you know, a wuss. Uh, you know, it's all about the – Risk-reward. You know, obviously the reward is returning it for a touchdown. The risk is getting pinned back even further than you would be if you took a knee or players getting injured. So it's just however you view it. All right, let's get back over to the takeaways. But, yeah, good game for Ray Ray. He did – wouldn't necessarily say he dropped a deep, deep touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo was late on the throw, and he slightly underthrew Ray Ray McLeod, who had beaten two Rams defenders to the end zone. But Ray Ray McLeod decided to kind of jump up and catch it with his chest. Rather than extending his arms out and catching the ball, I'll just make sure I clo- show a clip of that to my receivers that I coach because you always want to go get the ball. But, again, low percentage play, just a wild play. Could have been better from, from both players. But still, solid game from Ray Ray. Chuck King, the highs and lows clearly reflect the injury status of this team, like any other team. But when healthy, this team is capable of beating anybody, including the Chiefs. I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't know, you know, it's it's hard to say how much injuries played a part in the Chiefs' loss. Um, I mean, obviously they played a part, but, I mean, that's just the way it is, you know. Like, you got to be able to overcome that stuff. The 49ers had most of their stars against the Chiefs and still got beat up. But uh, uh, there's no doubt that, that injuries have just constantly played a role in every single game for the 49ers. Uh, stabbed with science, in the words of famous All Blacks captain, it was a game of two halves. The All Blacks is the name of the New Zealand national rugby team. For those who don't know, probably a good disclaimer on there. Not that you know, not that you necessarily need it, but good job, good job, uh, smart move. And it was a game of two halves. It absolutely was a game of two halves. The 49ers in the first half, despite only being down by 14 points or four points, looked like they were, uh, you know. They were on their heels. They they looked like they didn't necessarily have an answer for the Rams' offense, but, man, that second half proved that wrong real quick. Brian Hamilton said, CMC, that's all I have to say about that. Yep, we talked about it. That was a CMC show, and it was good. Uh, Chronicsey, three penalties for eight yards. No shit, I hadn't even looked. I hadn't even looked. There was so much to take in. That was the last thing I looked at. Three penalties for eight yards. Rams only had four for 50, a lot more yards, but – one of them was kind of a ticky-tack taunting penalty with Allen Robinson just pointing for a first down right in Telenoa Hufunga's face. I don't know about that. I'm not quite sure I want to take it to that extreme. But, you know, at one point the 49ers were 2 of 5 on, on third down, and they ended up 5 of 9, which overall percentage-wise it's not bad. Anytime you're over 50%, you're doing well. And even the Rams were still 8 of 13 on first down. But in that first half, I believe the Rams like went like 6 of 7 on third down That means they only converted three more first downs for the rest of the game. So another strong statistic for the defense. Uh, Phil Edwards, that CMC guy, is quite good. Quite, quite good. Quite good. Freddie Veloteo. Veloteo. Hopefully I didn't slaughter your name there, buddy. We're back to having a good running game. CMC is taking pressure off of Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't have to be the guy. That hides a lot of problems. We have, like, the O-line. Yeah, McGlinchey did a rough game, and he put in quotation 69 there, excuse me, parentheses. Having Debo cmc combo is going to be nuts. Uh, yeah, it, it is going to be nuts, and it's going to be terribly difficult on defensive coordinators. And, you know, against the Chiefs, CMC was just entering the team, didn't really have a full, full playbook at his disposal, but now he's got it. And, man, if that was the only difference and this is the CMC we're going to get, that is prominent. That it, That is – uh, some the NFL is going to be taking notes. Jeffrey K. Lyles, always a pleasure. Lyles Movie Files got the Halloween treat a day early, holding on to a ten point lead. It's going to be a nice two weeks of not having, not hearing experts calling for J- Kyle and Jimmy's heads. Ah oh, man, I agree. I agree. And and you guys, hopefully you guys know. Hopefully, by the way, I've recorded done this pod and handled myself. I am certainly never among the experts. I may have opinions. I may have strong opinions, but. I am a middle school teacher and football coach, and so nothing I ever say as an expert. It's just my honest opinion. Hopefully, you guys appreciate that from time to time, but it is nice. Twitter is so much more enjoyable and bearable when the 49ers win because I don't know if it's every fan base. I'm sure it is, but 49ers Twitter and social media can just be so dramatic and so extreme that it's hard to... It's hard to hear sometimes. So, yes, we get to have a good Halloween tomorrow, and we have to get to have – I mean, it's two weeks of a bye week, and, and it's going to be bearable, which is, you know, pat yourself on the back. That's that's going to be nice. Uh, D'Lo, take away all the feels. That's it. Yeah, man, that was a good feeling game. It was just a fun game to watch. Shock Max, the first. Ryans and Shanahan finally made the adjustments. They needed to go into the second half. Hey, I'm right there with you, man. Great point, great point, great minds. The Panthers should feel like they were robbed in the trade with the 49ers. The team finally cut down on the mistakes. Yeah, I mean, that's a great summary of all this. I should have just said uh, Shock, Max's, uh, Shock Max the first. I like that, man. That sounds prominent. I should have just hit the record button, said Shock Max's tweet, and then just ended it and then posted it. Ryans and Shanahan finally made the adjustments they needed to make in the second half of the game. The Panthers should feel like they were robbed in the trade with the 49ers, and the team finally cut down on the mistakes. Great, great, great takeaways. Tim, Higby drop was the turning point. It did seem – I wouldn't say it was the turning point. I think it was almost like the confirmation that the Rams had had it. Uh, They had Higby wide open in the flat um, on third down, and he just dropped it. And at that point – Jalen Ramsey was already trying to fight Robbie Gould. What a pussy. And it, it's, it, they were fighting each other on the sidelines. Excuse me, kids. I'm sorry. If, if, it just seemed like the Rams were imploding on. They're, they're probably so tired of losing to the 49ers, despite the fact that they got the one win that really, really mattered that sent them to the Super Bowl so they could win it all. You can tell they have just had it with this 49ers team that just continued. I think that's eight straight regular season games. For the 49ers. And, yeah, that Higby dropped. It was just... And the way he walked off the field pitching a fit, you could tell that 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 was it. Uh, JF, too fresh. This offense can be so scary when Debo and Juice gets back. Um, Only concern besides Jimmy's inconsistency is McGonchie. When do they consider looking for an alternative? Burford, Brunskill? Um, I agree. Um, I do think that Mike McGonchie may be getting to a point where... He could be considered a liability, and I've never really kind of like, I mean, he's always been hit or miss, but this this year he seems much more miss than hit. I'm just wandering over. See, there must be something we don't know. It, it, okay, so here's what it is. Mike and, and pro football focus is not the end-all, say-all. We know what we're seeing on the field. McGlinchey does seem to struggle. But his overall grade on pro football focus is a 71.7, which is green. It's good. It's a good grade. It's a solid grade. His pass blocking is a 62.3. Not great. His run blocking is a 73.8. So McGlinchey has value, but it seems like he is constantly revolving around bad plays. He's given up three sacks. He's had four penalties. He's allowed 12 pressures. Those aren't great stats uh, for a first-round tackle. So I'm not quite sure we're at the, outright replace Mike McGlinchy stage yet, but I understand why you think that, because from the eye test, it's like, eh, I don't really know what, what we're doing here, because Mike McGlinchey just seems to be struggling, which is unfortunate, because when you hear the guy talk, he's very sharp, He's very seems like he would work that stuff out, and maybe he is, but he's been struggling. He's been struggling. Corey Wallace, why can Shanahan only call creative plays against the Lambs? I mean... <laughs> you might have a point it is the Rams Kyle Shanahan knows that offense and that defense like the back of his hand and it needs to happen like that against other teams as well you know it does it does all right that is the end of your takeaways I'm kind of scanning the field here seeing making sure that I'm not you know leaving anything out um I mean let's just run through the straight up comparisons on the game like I said 49ers five of nine on third down Rams eight of thirteen. 49ers had total net yards, 368, to the Rams, 223. They both ran around the same total of plays, 52 to 56. 49ers' average gain was 7.1 yards per play. That is huge. The Rams managed four. 49ers have 111 rushing yards to the Rams, 56. Passing yards, 257, to the Rams, 167. Penalties, we talked about that. Punts, three for five, uh, compared to the Rams, five. Four touchdowns to the Rams, two. Time of possession almost perfectly evenly split uh, 29 56 to 30.04. But that's just, it just goes to show you how much more the 49ers did with the time that they had. So pretty, pretty, pretty impressive for the 49ers. Um, I'm pretty sure I've hit everybody that should be hit, talked about everybody that should be talked about. Um, if not, again, I'm chilling in, in Las Vegas in a cosmopolitan hotel room overlooking the Bellagio fountains. I got the window closed just because of the street noise, but um, life's good right now, and I'm, I'm glad to be sitting here with just a little bit of free time to be able to record this podcast for y'all. Hopefully, you guys have a phenomenal uh, Halloween tomorrow if you celebrate that. One of the greatest holidays of the year, uh, obviously coming from a guy who's, whose life revolves significantly around Michael Myers. Uh, if you don't know about that, just ask me sometime. I'll, I'll point you towards my Instagram, which is just ridiculous. The Shape Studios, if you've never been there. Me and Crocker used to talk about it all the time, so I'm assuming most of you have heard about it. But anyways, love me some Halloween. And congratulations to uh, Red Bull's Max Verstappen, who won today in Mexico and set a new record for the most wins in Formula One history. So... Um, that's cool. That's awesome. Y'all know I'm a big Formula One guy, so that's that was fun to watch. I was watching that while the 49ers whipped the Rams' ass. So spirits are high. It's been a, it's been a fun day, um, and I'm about to go get me some, uh, some five-star dinner. So I appreciate everybody for listening to the pod. I apologize if the audio quality just isn't that great today. Um, I'm just working off an iPhone and my headset. So... Um, but hopefully you enjoyed the pod, and I hope that you have a great rest of your Sunday. I hope you have a great holiday, uh, a Halloween holiday, if that's um, exciting for you. And I will be back on here a little later this week to – actually, you know what? I, I should be back on here later this week, maybe to break, out, break down the Rams game in more detail. But we've got a bye week. We don't have a game to preview this next weekend, but we'll find something to talk about. So as you as you all know – Thank you for listening to the pod. Make sure you're supporting it if you feel it just. Leave us a positive review if you feel we deserved it. Pass it on to your friends um, and all that good stuff. But in the end, just you listening is the ultimate form of support, so I appreciate that. But for another episode, you already know what it is. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out.